Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Den Excelsior, the mostly Marvel podcast. This will be episode 125, where we're taking it back to the new millennium. Two, Is that, that? 2000, to the year, yeah. to the year 2000. The year, In the year yeah. 2000. We're watching X-Men, baby. We're doing it. We're doing this. Uh, Ricky had the idea uh, to give you guys a tour of the Fox X universe uh, this year before we make it to uh, Deadpool 3 later in July. I think we have enough time to do it. Uh, I think we're going to get there. Ten um, films. Um, we've already done one. So this will be two. But yeah, it'll be uh, within the between now and July. Expect the other eight films to be uh, uh, tackled yeah. at some point. We'll, we'll squeeze them in there because there's not a lot of content that we're going to be talking about. Uh, at least Marvel content. Uh, we will be super excited to talk about X-Men 97. I think I will be more than Ricky. Um, <laughs> but we'll see how we go about talking about that one. Because I don't know if they're going to... Are they going to drop the whole season all at once? Once gonna, a week. Once a week. Yeah, I don't know if we want to do episodes once a week. But we could check in. We could do a little mini spotlight every week before yeah. we talk about the movie. So I think that might be a more reasonable way to do it. Um, but yeah, we're excited. Uh, because you know, it's X-Men and like, it's kind of like it, it, it's, I would say X-Men blade and Spider-Man are the three movies that just propelled Marvel into Hollywood's, uh, you know, focus. And because those three movies did so well, it wasn't much longer that like we got an MCU and we got everything that we have now. And then we got a DC extended universe and all, all we these got things. a lot. It was the early days of, uh, of Marvel's uh, cinematic journey. Yeah. Right? But it, it really was a one, two, three punch. It was, uh, it, it was, you know, blade, I think was what? 98, 99, something like mm -hmm. that. And then, and then X-Men was 2000. And while X-Men was filming, uh, Spider-Man was also filming across the lot or in a, in a, in a very, nearby lot um and that one came out uh you know in 2001 and those three movies just one after another just were gangbusters in 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 the box office and you know it's no surprise right because like the 90s were all about that x-men cartoon and then that spider-man cartoon so honestly blades the weird anomaly that like nobody saw coming but like but you know he fit in really good with the whole Matrix leather vibe at the time. That was well, really that's, popular. that was pre Matrix, right? Blade One. It was. It was. Yeah. I think. I think it was. Yeah. But um, if not pre, really, really close in timeline. I can't remember. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and I, I think um, I'm not necessarily the most excited for this specific one, because I think we all have our favorites. But I'm not gonna knock the first X-Men movie. Like it's 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 X-Men, man. You know, like um, <laughs> it's 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 your first yeah. love. It's you know. I don't know if it's my first love, but it's definitely it's definitely it, it popped the cherry for sure. We'll say that. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> oh man, but uh but before we get into that discussion later on, um what you what you been doing this week? What you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, I did bone up on Dune Part 1 uh, earlier this week because I needed to be ready to go see Part 2 because I honestly really love that movie. Well, I know we never talk about the Dunes on this show, but like... Were you a Dune I, person before that that movie? Um, I grew up with the first movie, the original movie, mm -hmm. and very being very confounded and confused by it. Um, <laughs> but I still have a lot of memories of it, you know, like of the worm and and like... The weird blue the eyes. And, um, I didn't watch the show. I didn't. I didn't watch the shows. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. I wouldn't say like I'm like the biggest Dune fan, but uh, but I think I've always heard a lot of Hollywood stories about how like it's just impossible to do that book uh, justice in a movie, and so I was pretty stoked when Dennis Villa Villeneuve Villa Villeneuve Villa yeah Villeneuve uh, took the challenge and 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 decided to do. He's why I'm watching parts. it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, exactly. That dude has a fucking track record. Um, yeah, 
he's he tells really cool stories in a very beautiful way and so i think that's what i got out of dune one like like is the story of dune like the craziest thing ever honestly not it's really just an analogy for imperialism and capitalism and colonialism and you know and and okay that's what it is you know like it's like the british empire moves in uh colonizes strip mines resources and imposes their religion on another on another society and that's the movie right like it's i is this a hot take i i i think we're all due for another cinematic epic i don't i don't think we've gotten something like like that since lord of the rings the mcu is its own different thing yeah the mcu is a bunch of popcorn and and candy um on a regular interval uh i think yeah i think well i mean judging by when i was booking the tickets for dune um today it's gonna it's gonna do big it's gonna do mm -hmm. real big it's gonna bring people back to theaters in a big way that uh previous movies haven't done especially the last movie we saw in theaters which was madam web uh, the back theater too don't, don't knock it was it really? I was had it packed faster that first day? I don't know. It was <laughs> a packed theater for packed. you, huh? Wow. Mm -hmm. Were they, they all laughing? Day showing. Yes, we were all laughing. That's good. At least they were laughing. That's awesome. Um, other than Dune, I have been... I Dude, I, I binged all of Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. The Is new, it all the new, out? The live action. Yeah. Is it good? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um. Yeah. I will say two things about it. One, it's more mature than the original show, but not like not mature enough to be like, this is only for adults. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's 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 still like it's more like preteen friendly or, or like teen friendly, whereas like the first show is like probably like ages nine and up kind of thing. So like four syllable words and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still it's it's more mature. Uh, it's less book. it's less it's less playful because they're not working with like 24 episode seasons, right? They're working with eight episode seasons, so there's a lot less meandering and going and doing silly, playful, childish things. And it's more about like the responsibility that Aang has to be the Avatar and save the world. But with that said, they do really hit a lot of the major plot points from the show, and I think the kids are fantastic. Um, I think Mr. Cam uh, is an, an excellent uh, Uncle Iroh. You, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, Mr. Cam. Yeah. 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 Uh, Paul Sung Hyung Lee, I think. Um, and who else? Uh, Dan um, Daniel De Cam plays uh, the evil Fire Lord uh, Emperor. Zuko? Oh, not. No, no, the Emperor. The, the Zuko's Emperor. dad. Mm -hmm. Zuko's dad, yeah. Um, and so there's there's some really cool actors in there and a lot of really cool unknown actors that like just are quite charming. But the guy who plays Zuko, the kid who plays Zuko and the kid who plays Aang and the, especially the kid who plays Sokka are just so wonderful that like I, I can forgive a lot of other things. Like do they do they find ways to like shove the CG creatures off screen a lot because of budget? Yes, often. Often you're like, hey, this would be so it's kind of like, you know, in Lord of the Rings when like you see those eagles and you're like, why didn't they just have the eagles fly them all the way to Mount Doom? <laughs> right. It's kind of like that with with this show. You're like, where's Appa? Because you guys could have solved a lot of problems with that with your flying bison. But I get it. Budget, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, they did a good job of like setting up the doing doing the entire main story of the first season of the cartoon. And then I think they did the bigger, more, more important job of they made me like it so much that I went back and started watching the old show again, just to compare, wow. and and see, you know, and the old show is, there's a lot less subtlety and nuance there. It's very, it's very in your face. It's, it's a very, kid's show. Like I, it is, it is a kid. It bothers show, me yeah. when people being a kid show and being a great, a good show, they don't have to be different things. But I think you. People put on a pedestal that I don't think it was meant to be sometimes. Oh, it's still it's still one of the greatest uh, 
cartoons I've ever watched, but it's um, but I appreciated the the way they rearranged story elements or reconfigured mm -hmm. things to make a little bit more like fun, mature sense in the new version. You know, um, it you'll have to you'll have to watch it to see if you if you haven't watched it. But I liked it. It's really good. So that's what I've been nerding out and RuPaul as always. But uh, what about you? Uh, I've I've been getting into Hell Divers. Kind of really like that game. It makes me want to watch Starship Troopers. Um, from all the memes I've been seeing, uh, yeah. and that game does a good job of like letting you live, you know, live on the edge. And every little twenty minute mission you do feels like you're coming out of like this crazy ass battle. Like you, everything cool. you do is you you just barely make it, and it's like this cool drip feed of of uh, monsters or or aliens or androids that they throw at you to like yeah um you're like you're catching your breath after every match and then i've also been watching the we watched a little bit of the vin staples show i don't know if you're familiar who vin staples is yeah he's a, the rapper uh, from yes. long beach he has it's it's kind of atlanta adjacent it's like long beach atlanta like if that's that if that that makes any sense Really, but what's cool is it, it's shot around. It's shot in Long Beach, or a lot of the exteriors, a lot of or actually a lot of it is shot in Long Beach. Um, I live in Long Beach, and it's, wow. it's it's cool to see those. Oh, I've had coffee there before. Oh, that's where we used to live. Oh, that's like um. So it's been a lot of that with the Vin Staples lens on it, and they um. There's a lot of comedy comedy with if you're familiar with his music. Uh, and it's the lyrics. They they do kind of touch on some of those lyrics as he kind of goes throughout the community. Um, that's so. Like is it like a reality show, or is it like a is it like a scripted show? It's a scripted show. Okay. It's right. it's 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 scripted, and then like Atlanta, it turns into like what's the not not surrealist. I don't think that's the right word, but it a normal situation quickly goes off the rails. But absurd. no one absurd. Yeah, it gets absurd. Okay, but, but right. like in I'll a weird out. way. It's pretty cool. They're short episodes, like thirty minutes long. I'll check uh, it out. I, I, by the way, I did finish Tacoma FD only to find out that that the show got canceled two weeks ago. Oh, it did get canceled. Oh, yeah, it got canceled in the middle of February. It's a bummer. Well, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, I didn't mean to bring it bring it down to to a low. Uh, let's bring it back up. What else you got? You got you got some you got some fun stuff to show us. I got some fun news to show you. Let's go up, up, and away. Do you know what today is? It's leap day, but we're going to be airing this on March 1st. Do you know what leap day is also? Or what? whose birthday is on leap day? Mm, I can think of some people, but not the one you're thinking of. So tell me. It is Superman's birthday today. Uh, like, Superman, the like in canon or in, in reality? I didn't, I didn't check that. I believe it's in canon. Today's Superman's birthday. Um, okay, but that's not the nugget of news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, James Gunn took to uh, Instagram today to announce that they started uh, principal photography on Superman, uh, no longer titled Superman Legacy. It's just uh, Superman. They started filming that today, and he gave a tease at the costume. And for those of you are, who are familiar with the Kingdom Come uh, Superman logo, that seems to be the direction they're going with. Uh, on the S, uh, on the shield, what, what do you call it? The, it's a shield. The shield, the shield. okay. Yeah. Um, what What is that Superman S shield? What does that mean to you? What, is, what does Dennis take from that? That means the studios want to make him look different than the previous Superman, so they're choosing a different... <laughs> like, I know that's not the answer you wanted. Uh, I couldn't care 
less if it's based on kingdom come like i i know that a lot of people really like that story uh for me the art makes it really hard to enjoy it because i hate alex ross um uh but i get the point of the story it's it's just you know like it's the justice league super old and you know they don't know they don't they don't know if these new young superheroes are fit to take to run the world and stuff and so eventually they they step in like the authority authoritarian dictators that they are and they take over everything no it's i don't know um a lot of people really like it and i'm always down for a new s like i as long as he looks like superman and feels like superman I'm fine. Pro with it, undies or no undies? I I need the undies. I need the undies there. <laughs> like, like it's okay. Like it just it, it it. There's no reason for a belt without the undies. You know what I mean? Like it's um yeah. The belt is, is weird. Like the belt is weird, especially like yeah. Uh, like at least Batman, it's a utility belt. So okay, fine. You know, like but Superman, you got no reason to wear a belt unless. You're holding up your your undies. Um, I'm surprised. I didn't know that they changed the name though. To they just dropped the legacy. Mm-hmm. Huh? They just dropped the legacy. It'll it'll be just uh, Superman uh, coming out uh, next year in July. Next July, mm. getting back. That's that's interesting because like I'm kind of weirded out that it's just called Superman. Like because like what there's a really it? there's a really amazing movie that already exists called Superman. And I feel like when you use the same title, you're you're kind of inviting a challenge, you know, to like to like at least to historians, like people people who have to like catalog that shit. Like now it's like we just put the year oh, after old, right? I know, I, I know, but like I'm like, let's not pretend that it's gonna be, you know, I don't know. I guess I'll wait. I'll wait till I see the movie. But I, I'm I'm a little. I get a little more skeptical, like when they take away those kind of things. Like because at least you know, even even Spider Man didn't have the balls to do that, right? Like the, like Tom Holland ones were like, mm, yeah, let's let's call him, you know, Homecoming or Far yeah, From Home, right. or, you, know, you know, like it, or the Amazing Spider Man. You know, like I I would have anything. Besides like that, man of what's other man of steel? What, what's the other names? Uh, and then that's basically his only okay. real nickname. Like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm 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 not going to be an old man about it. Like, I just I just know that I really still love the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, and so it's. But still I'm, there. I know, I know, it's still there. So it's that's I'm saying I'm not going to be an old man about it. Let's let it go. Let it go. All right, well, well, on to uh, we had some uh, toy news, a little bit of uh, light news on the Marvel fronts or. Yeah, yeah, we took a week off, right? We we took mm-hmm. a week off. Uh, Ricky wanted a break after Madam Web. He needed to <laughs> go and, and seek therapy for a little bit. Uh, and sure enough, in that week that we were off, a bunch of toys got announced because uh, Hasbro did their first live stream of the year for Marvel Legends. and. Uh, yeah, they 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 showed off. Um, I think they had showed this one off before, but they showed off the uh, once again the the re release of the Sam Wilson Captain America comic book figure. Uh, but this time he's he's got his actual wings. Uh, it's a Target exclusive. It actually went up for pre order yesterday. Did you get one, Ricky? I put it in today. Nice. He comes with a new shield too, which is like to match his shield in the comics. It's actually different from the old generic Captain America shield that they've made about fifteen hundred of. Um, it's a cool figure. I'm very excited to see those wings in in uh, in action. Because looks I small actually, to me. Uh, well, he they'll always look smaller to you. I'm I'm sure that you wish they were the biggest <laughs> things ever. But like, I will say that yeah, I I personally this was the first time I ever went into the world of. 3D printed custom uh, accessories for my toys. I hated that this original release of this figure did not come with the wings so badly that I went and bought them off of uh, Shapeways. Um, somebody had 3D printed some wings, and I'm not gonna lie, these ones look a little better than the ones that I have. <laughs> not not a lot, but a little. Is it the same base figure though? 
It's the same base figure. Yeah. It's okay. no different. Yeah. He looks cool. Uh, uh, Hail Hydra Captain America was also mm -hmm. announced. I believe he's going to be a Walmart exclusive, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Uh, they haven't said when yet that he, it's going to be another one of those fake uh, Walmart collector con events. And then uh, they surprisingly um, they dropped, I guess not surprisingly, but they dropped an entire new wave uh, for pre-order of figures. They called it the hodgepodge wave over the the uh, <laughs> over the, the live stream because, because it, I wouldn't say the D-listers, but it's just like it's a bunch of characters that didn't really have a home as a as a really unified themed wave. Like usually they do like an Avengers wave or a Marvel Knights wave or whatever. They didn't. They didn't know where to put these. So, like, yeah, we got Icarus from the um, Eternals. This is his classic version. <laughs> yeah, he looks great. I think he looks really good. Um, it's a cool figure. Uh, who else we got? We got, oh, man, what the hell is this one's name again? Uh, this is a character I am very unfamiliar with, but it looks like Thor. It's like it's the winter. Someone taking the form of Thor, right? Yeah, it's someone taking the, the form of Thor. What's it called? The winter something? Winter's, it's not Winter's Bone. That's a stupid movie. <laughs> what is, what is he? Um, but anyways, he he looks like it's it's. They took the old Thor figure, re repainted it, Before gave it Thor. a rat, gave it a ratty uh, black um, black cape, and uh, yeah, and then uh, Kazar or Kazar, uh, the last time we ever saw a Kazar figure was from comic-con many many years ago so is, this is the first time is kazar a mutant or is he just like tarzan he's like tarzan okay i don't believe he's a mutant but he fights a lot of mutants in the savage land um yeah not a mutant oh you know what the walmart winter collector con dates were announced actually they have been confirmed for march 14th and 15th and it's going to include that Hail Hydra Captain America that we looked at earlier and an animated series version of Prowler. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, and then Wolfsbane completes the X-Factor set that they started making a while ago with Multiple Man and the two-pack of um, Polaris and Havoc and the Build-A-Figure, the, the Strong Guy, the Build-A-Figure strong, strong Guy. guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is it. This is this is the this is honestly the wolf paint everybody wanted. We got like a ghetto one in um a few years ago as a Walmart a Walgreens figure. It was like a it was a generic head. It was yeah, you got the head and hands and hands. But yes, this one has a full on furry legs and arms and stuff and she looks great. She's wearing the little onesie. Um it's a great figure cable which they wouldn't they won't say uh, all they'll say is that he looks a lot like a version that appeared in a video game a long time ago. But this is the cable inspired <laughs> by Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, this is a beautiful looking it's cable. like a generic cable. It. it looks good. I think he looks awesome. I think he looks like cable. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, what else we got? There was another one. Superior Iron Man. This is from a story, I want to say like maybe like 10 years now. Um, I don't remember all the details of this one, but um, Evil it's a very stark. Great, I think so a little bit, yeah. But it's a it's a very unique suit. Lots of whites and and blues. I and, thought and it was unique. chrome for some reason. Nah, it's it's very like pearl. Mm -hmm. Um, and he comes with obviously uh, an unmasked head in that very weird hair revealing mm -hmm. like mask style. Um, and then he also comes with a helmet too. And I think uh, the Red Widow, like I know very little about this character at all, but they announced this one last year. This was like voted, I think, or or I I, I can't remember if this one is it, it was on the list of like fan choice ones, and I can't remember if this is the one that got chosen. I don't think it is, but they're like, ah, we're gonna do it anyways. Um, so there's Red Red Widow. I wish I could tell you more. Oh, she's from. She's from like the Russian Avengers. I forget what they're called. The uh, mm. they got the bear Ursa, the bear and Moonstar and or, I was thinking Alpha Flight, but that's not the Canadian. No, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Though. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? I yeah, I can't yeah. remember the name the of the Red Guardian. The, right the Red the Red Guard. That's I think okay. that's Red Guard. I think with I Ursa think Major and uh Yes. Yeah. You you yeah. got it. You got it. She's she completes that team, I believe. Uh or at least adds another one. Um not Red Guardian. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Red Guardian is it. And then the build a figure to very I guess to a lot of people's surprise, but like not if you saw you lead with the Kzar is um Azabu and it's inspired by all of the really sweet um G.I. Joe animals that they've been putting out in that toy line. They were they were really inspired. They even mentioned that they were inspired by the uh their fellow uh developers in, in on other lines. And so they wanted to make a really super articulated, really highly detailed saber tooth tiger. And I love it because like I don't even have to use it as just a Marvel toy, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur also, you know what I mean? So it's really cool. It's a cool It's a cool figure. Um, and then it looks like, uh, yeah, they also announced a few other figures, like um, kind of being redone slash repurposed. So we're finally getting uh, Baron Zemo, the dad. Uh, I believe that's Heinrich. Heinrich Zemo. This is the original Baron Zemo. Uh, the pictures are missing his his white leopard uh, fur, but they promise mm -hmm. it will be there. They they had a prototype at the at the live stream that had the correct fur thing there, but it's not there in these in these pictures. They they goofed. They forgot. Uh, but he's going to be repackaged, or he's going to be packaged as a two pack with a remade Arnim Zola. It, and by remade, I mean they took the faceplate and changed it to be more of Jack Kirby <laughs> style. The figure is still the same figure as the Build-A-Figure from many, many years ago when Hasbro first took over the Marvel Legends line. Um, but yeah, now we got That's it cool with Jack well, Kirby style. Yeah, I think it's a cool two-pack. And then uh, to complement the Franklin and Valeria Richards that we got last year, they're finishing out that, that Fantastic Four team from Empire, which is like a storyline from years ago. Uh, with uh, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and Wolverine figures. Um, they look cool. I have not read that comic, but I will always take a brand new Spider-Man and a brand new Wolverine. So thank you very much. They're color coordinated. Was there more? And the Prowler. I didn't get the Prowler. That's the one I was missing. But the Prowler is, is the only one that's left. Okay, good. That was a lot of figures. That was, uh, really, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a bunch of figures. Yeah, I'm really happy that most of them were not available for order right now. They just wanted to get you excited, get your you know excited about stuff that's going to be coming down the line. So I, I'm excited. It's really cool to have lots of toys to play with. And I, I've actually you asked me what I've been doing. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is I've been really putting a lot more time and effort into like the toy photography stuff. Um, and so I've been trying to make use out of these toys and create art and get it into spaces that normally you wouldn't see that kind of art. So I'm happy when I get new toys because they're it's like getting new paints and brushes for, you know, my, yeah, my we justify it. Yeah, it is. How I justify it. So. <laughs> hey, man, I've got a piece going into a museum now. Oh, which one? Uh, you have not seen it, I think, unless you saw it on Instagram. Well, which which museum? Uh, the Japanese Friendship Garden and Museum in wow. Elbow Park. Yes. Ooh, um, that's cool. They, yeah, they will be, uh, they're doing a cherry blossom festival. And I created a piece specifically for that, that, uh, that art call that they put out. Um, they wanted, you know, cherry blossom themed art. And so Is I. A snake I, eyes or storm shadow in there in that photo. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You've, you've seen that <laughs> picture, right? How'd you I know? Wait, I are just, you? I just, took, I just took a guess. You took a guess? Oh, yeah. well, you're in my brain then. It's exactly. See, when they said cherry blossoms, that's what I. That's where I went. My brain was like, if I'm gonna do it, it's got to be Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. So it's a nice duel of them in front of a Japanese temple and a sakura tree, and then I digitally added uh, tree uh, leaves falling in the in the in the foreground to kind of blend it all together. If if you're not seeing the picture, it's pretty cool. But um, I actually printed it on like this really highly textured, like um, uh, rag is what they call it. Like a, they call it like a, uh, Arches Aquarelle uh, textured rag, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really nice. It's it's cool looking. So 
but that's going to be up on display for the next uh, two months at that at a museum. And I'm like, this is so crazy. I make toy art and it goes in museums now. So. So I can justify every toy purchase. <laughs> all right. Well, all, right. all that matters. Uh, you can justify the purchase and I think we can justify moving into the spotlight. Oh, it's okay. We <laughs> it's know. okay. We know we're watching. We're talking uh, about X Men, two thousands X Men, uh, directed by a real name, but produced by Kevin Feige. All right. Well, let's get this out of the way really quick. I mean, you're you're not saying the name. I don't. I don't know why you're not saying the name. It, like the, the 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 man did the movies. Like he did a lot That's of these right. movies. And uh, let's let's be real. Uh, Brian Brian Singer has been accused of a lot of really bad things, and I think he's I don't know if he's been convicted of many of them, but he's settled out of court for a lot of them. And uh, mm -hmm. I think he's just universally considered a gross man, and I'm fine with that. That's cool. But let's be real, like art is created, like especially when it comes to movies and and um, video games and and just giant projects like that. It's it takes a team, right? It takes a village to make those things. So even though one guy gets his name put on as the director, it's not Brian Singer's movie. You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of people's movies. So we're gonna we're just gonna celebrate these movies without being without celebrating Brian Singer as much as possible. Okay. So I'm I'm saying that because there's a lot of Brian Singer movies that Ricky wants us to watch in the next few few months. Okay. <laughs> That's how you phrase it. He, yeah. He, he touched a lot of the movies. Like he, he Whoa, he directed... that's how you want to phrase it. <laughs> he directed five of them, right? Yeah. Four of yeah. Them? yeah. And in half yeah, of them. And it, yeah. And in fairness, like I think back at the in the in the time, like when they were first developing these movies, you know, a lot of people weren't seeing the value of superhero movies like they weren't seeing it as like something good and like it, it took him i think he passed on this a few times before finally sitting down and taking a look at the comics and realizing that the subject matter is so powerful and so important to every person out there whether they're you know gay straight uh you know uh whatever ethnicity anything if you've ever felt like like a minority in any way or ever felt like uh hated for for some reason that's what the x-men champion is 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 making people feel included and so when he finally understood that he felt compelled to do it but here's what i'm saying like yeah okay he thought that was a cool idea back then in 1994 to start working on this movie but like nowadays everybody's like when the hell are you gonna make x-men mark you know because like because I don't think they'll have a problem finding a good director for X-Men nowadays because everybody understands culturally how significant X-Men are now, right? Like like and so pop culture pop culture gets it, you know, I like I think our society could use another X-Men right about now. We're, right? Well, that's why but but that's what but we're doing the same cycle we did in the 90s, right? Which is okay, we're going to get the cartoon again first and then that's going to get everybody <laughs> back primed up. Right. Because the the reason this movie really succeeded and the reason this movie was finally greenlit by by Fox. Right. Is the success of that cartoon like that cartoon was like the biggest thing ever for Fox. Um, it made them a lot of money uh, back mm -hmm. in the in, in the Boy 90s, money, you know? show money. Yeah, exactly. Money. Yeah. Video games, all kinds of stuff like it just it was huge. And so. What ended up happening is Fox eventually did the thing that every studio says is like, can we make it into a movie? You know, and and so they finally just fast tracked that thing and got it made. Um, and there was a lot of people involved that, that did that. But um, I think the most interesting thing about the first X-Men movie is unlike every X-Men movie afterwards, this movie is actually kind of an original story. Did you know that? It's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, there's nothing telling me that it that it that it wasn't or was, right? Like it's 
the story i really like this almost like the simplicity of of this movie like it's i think i think you the get simplicity a, was what we needed in 2000 yeah you get it does a really good job of getting all the chips on the on the on the table you know who's the good guys are who the bad guys are you have baseline motivation they beat up the bad guy and then they set up the next adventure and it's over but it's it's like I, I actually, I haven't. So for context, I have not seen this movie since probably 2000 when it came out. I remember nothing of this movie. Wow. And I thought it would be a bit more of a chore to go back and watch it, but I was actually surprised how much I really enjoyed it. Um, I, for what it's worth, I think the the dialogue and the character moment. Are kind of what sold me on on this movie. Because I don't think the X-Men work if you don't get that part right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a very different opinion. I, I think did. I think that in the year 2000, you could not dream of a better superhero movie than the X-Men. It mm-hmm. was so awesome the first time wolverine popped his claws in that theater the amount of nerdgasm that occurred (laughs) was nuts right but in retrospect in the year 2024 that we are watching this i found this movie kind of boring and i found it i found the action to be incredibly lacking and i saw a lot of the i saw a lot of the like the pieces that that would eventually inform how Kevin Feige went about making better superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I I saw them in place, but I don't think the glue was fully there. I think that that movie was carried entirely by Sir Patrick Stewart, Sir Ian McKellen, and this unknown actor named Hugh Jackman. I think it, those three actors and 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 the coolness of Rebecca Romaine's mystique. I think those are the four things that I love about this movie, and I kind of hate everything else about this movie. I I think it's a real. I don't know what they had to do to get um, Patrick Stewart and Amy McKellen on this film. Like they are classically trained Shakespearean actors with careers at this point like successful career like you know i don't you know i don't know like if stepping down to x-men is was how hard that was for them like um well i think surprisingly like i don't know if you know this but patrick stewart was the first person cast for this movie Mm -mm. he was the first actor uh, like uh attached to this movie and it's because um you know when he was kind of fan cast honestly like he like fans watching the cartoon were like you know who would be the best professor x right and so i think there was so much um so much murmuring about that in the background like that like eventually when they reached out to him a few times he's like he didn't he didn't know anything about it he didn't want to do anything and so what marvel did is they backed up a truck of comic books gave it to him and he sat there and read, and he said that this was the best research he's ever done for a movie. And once you know, once he got to actually read the comics, he was sold on this. Like this is it's because the X Men have since day one have always been heavy. Like it's a heavy subject matter, right? It's like it's a metaphor for the civil rights movements mm-hmm. of, of 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 every decade. You know what I mean? So um, it's powerful, and to know that like. The roots of of Magneto are steeped in one of the darkest times in our humanities, like history. You know what I mean? Like it's it's gross. It's gross to to think of 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 you know well, the Holocaust and 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 to their what credit, they, to go they play they play each character with like this poise and gravitas, and they're they serious, play... but they're not. There's not like a quip or a wink. They, you know, you really do believe they are old friends who are at odds with each other, but at because, the same time, they care for each other. Well, yeah, exactly. But they, mm-hmm. but I think the beauty of 
Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, who are like best friends now, by the way, after this long career of playing Magneto and, and Professor X um, and knowing each other from before that in theater and stuff like that. Like these two are like the most best friends ever. It's it's so cute to see them in like in in the in public appearances and like at conventions and stuff like that. But I think the the real thing that you, you were you were you were dancing around right there is like when you're talking about like the you know the gravitas and all that is they make it really obvious that like as much as there is a physical battle for the rights of all humans or mutants and stuff like that at the end of the day it's an intellectual battle right like this battle like is going to be won by winning the hearts of the people and it's probably going to be through the laws that are passed or like or the you know what i mean like th does that mm -hmm. make sense like it's not like they're they're fighting in the courts in this movie, like, right? They're going to the Supreme Court. They're going to Senate hearings and stuff like that to just give themselves a chance of, of being treated like other human beings on this planet. Uh, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Like, that's where, like, this movie kind of starts, right? Is is Jean Grey is, is, is making a case for the anonymity of, of, of mutants because it's not a choice it's not it's not something that they decided to be a mutant right they were born that way and like if that doesn't resonate with a lot of people like in a lot of different things that we've seen in real life then you're just not paying attention and so i think that's why it was so important to get ian mckellen and and patrick stewart because it's a lot of this movie, the the best battles are done when it's just them talking. You know, it's it's especially because honestly, this the fights are pretty crap. Like they're pretty bad in this movie. Like they're, <laughs> like they're not right. They're not great. Like they're not. There's very few of them. Cyclops blows up. He blows up like the ceiling on Grand Central Station. Like that's one of like the biggest effects in the movie. And I don't know, like. Wolverine and Sabretooth like throw each other across there, like, the, a, like, with wire with wire There's a cheese to it though that I think you, you or, I don't want to say cheese. There's a practicality to it that I think I kind of loved because it's it's something that sure. you're seeing less and less of these days. Um, could the yeah. powers have been displayed cooler? Yes. Was it was it cool to see like all right, this is like '90s Sabretooth, right? Let's put a, a big buff guy, dark out his eyes. <laughs> Tyler Maine, yeah. Tyler Maine, um, right? Okay, Wolverine. We can't do the white, the yellow spandex, but all right, we can get him in the in the in the racing jacket. Um, you know, Cyclops. The only thing, my only beef is like Cyclops, right? He has glasses when he's in the house, like Oakleys, like cool Oakleys. But when he goes out in public, like in stealth mode, he puts on the stupid visor. <laughs> As if that won't draw more attention. <laughs> yeah, well, the visor is a safety feature too, right? Like it's it's more safe, it's more secure. If he if he's tumbling and falling, they're not going to fall off of him as easily as glasses would. Uh, fun fact: uh, the the actual visor was made by Oakley as well um, for him for James Marsden. Uh, and after that movie, he got a lifetime supply of Oakleys. He he can have. He gets all the Oakleys he wants for free. I believe he looked cool. He looked cool as shit with the glasses. He looked cool. I, I, back to the black leather and stuff like that. That was like, to me, this is like, it is a movie from another time because at that time we were like, well, yeah, of course you put him in black leather because nobody's going to put him well, in black As we were talking, you, know? you got Blade, black leather. Matrix, mm -hmm. black leather, yeah. the crow, yeah. black leather. Exactly. Right. And it just like it just seemed and they even make a joke about it. What would you rather we wear yellow spandex? And I'm like, OK, well, one, only Wolverine <laughs> wears yellow spandex. OK, but two, have you seen Hugh Jackman in the Deadpool trailer? He looks really good in the yellow. I'm just saying, oh, man. I'm just saying he's like not buff in this movie. I know. Right. And so that. That for me is the hardest pill. He's to he's buff for two thousand. Let's let's say that he's two thousands yeah. jacked. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I yes. So I said before Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, 
and you know Ian McKellen and and to a lesser degree uh, like Rebecca Romaine those four kind of carry this movie but yes there is a real awkwardness to the Hugh Jackman part of the movie because I mean let's let's address the elephant in the room he does a prequel much many years later called Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine and he is jacked man like he is huge in that movie and it's supposed to take place before this movie and so I'm a little weirded out about that like but at the same time I know that uh do you know that he was not the original person chosen for this movie right yes I don't know who the other person was though so there was many people. So uh, Brian Singer's first choice was actually Russell Crowe. And then they went through like a giant list of other people that they wanted to get. Um, they ultimately settled on an actor named Dugray Scott, who was just kind of up and coming. And he ended up. Yeah, he by the hurt. way, like the. I think either he or Tom Cruise got hurt. One of them on the filming of. Mission Impossible 2. And so they had to delay the filming of Mission Impossible 2. And he had to make a decision whether or not he was going to continue filming that movie or go to the X-Men movie. And the guy chose Mission Impossible, which is, uh, in the grand scheme of things, is considered to be the worst Mission Impossible movie of all time. Um, It's the one people like to forget. It's terrible. It's the one directed by John Woo. And that guy just made some really bad career choices, I would say, because what ended up happening is once this guy was injured, uh, Brian Singer, you know, he knows Russell Crowe and Russell Crowe's like, hey, I have a friend that might be good for this, you know, and here's Hugh Jackman. And so that's how it happened. And this guy joined the set three weeks into filming. They didn't have their Wolverine for the first three weeks of filming this movie to work out. Yeah, so he didn't get a lot of time to work out. Uh, but what he did do is accidentally find a process that really helped him channel the character. It's a fun story. I've heard it a million times before. But like every day before filming, he would take a cold shower because it started with him having to get up for an early 5 a.m. Um, you know, call. He'd get up. He got up in the morning one morning. And uh, when he got in the shower, he didn't realize the water was cold, but he didn't want to wake up his wife. So he just grit, he just gritted his teeth and stayed quiet. And he realized that like this is the character who's constantly holding back rage and trying not to like, you know, lash out on people and stuff. And so once he realized that he found the Wolverine, he just every time he ever recorded or had to film cold shower. I and think I think that's cool. You, you you get the sense that they really did did their homework with this movie like when wolverine gets uh hung up on the wall by magneto and he's like bound with metal i know the comic nerds like why don't you just stab himself dude like he can take it and that's what he does but you know it's one of those things where like i think to the average fan you wouldn't think to do that right but if you know if you know wolverine and you see him stab himself to get out yeah that's that's cool as shit uh, I, what I want wanted to bring bring up though before before we wrap up, uh, kind of on the cast part, like they they kind of also struck gold too because they locked down what is it, Anna, Anna Paquin? Anna Paquin after she got an Oscar, she she was kind of on the rise after that, and they locked in Halle Berry before she got her Oscar. Yeah, Anna Paquin had an Oscar from the piano, um, and so she was a child actor in in that movie, and I think. Um, you know, people were really excited to see what she was going to do. I, I wouldn't say she's my favorite and first choice for Rogue. Um, and I think she, I want to say, honestly, I feel like she overacts a bit in this movie because she's just trying to make the most out of every scene that she has, but she, man, she cries a lot in this movie, dude, like a lot. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of her role in this movie. eh, Yeah. But, um. I think she endears herself to Wolverine pretty quickly. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that kind of move pretty fast. Uh, I will note that there was a weird, you know, it's a funny scene where like they, you know, they meet in the bar and then next thing you know, she's riding in the, in the, in the vehicle with him. Like they're just going off to go. I don't know. They're going to just go be friends together. And all of a sudden a tree falls down 
you know, and they, they end up fighting Sabretooth and you're like, okay, I guess Sabretooth's here now. And it's really funny because Wolverine gets the crap beat out of him. The van's going to blow up. The X-Men show up to save the day. Uh, Storm rescues uh, Rogue and then Cyclops grabs Wolverine and pulls him away from the, the explosion. And I'm thinking to myself, do you know how much Wolverine weighs, bro? Like, it's a lot. It's a lot because he's fully adamantium in there. And I'm like, and I'm like, fine, you know what? I'm going to let it go. I'm gonna let well, it they go. make a point because like when he when they get in that car accident, he goes flying. He does because yeah. he's got a lot of inertia, a lot of momentum. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was just a little weirded out by Cyclops doing that. But like, that's only one. Of, that's one of my only few nitpicks about like, like comic accuracy kind of stuff, other than the fact that Wolverine is like five, three in the comics and Hugh Jackman is six foot two. Uh, but again, this is from a different time, right? Where we had, as comic book fans, we had to be okay with Hollywood putting their their take on things and saying, "Well, if this is this reads like a leading man, so we have to cast a leading man type person mm -hmm. as this character," you know. And so there's a lot of concessions that we had to make as comic book fans to be okay with this movie. And what's really funny to me is that only one year later we suddenly found out that we didn't need to make those concessions because Tobey Maguire wears the suit and it is ridiculous, right? It is a stupid suit, but it makes it, they make it look cool. Like I think, and I, I think once Spider-Man happened, then our eyes looked back at, at, at X-Men <laughs> and we're like, Hey, wait a second guys. But I like, saw, Speaking of the Spider-Man suit, I was doing, I was down a Spider-Man suit deep dive this week, and uh, there's footage out there of the Alex Ross suit that they had yeah, designed of, of that was of that that yeah. one in motion because they were being influenced by the same culture that gave us the Matrix and Blade and X-Men, right? Mm -hmm. And so that Alex Ross suit, which honestly Marvel would later later repurpose as the Superior Spider-Man yeah, suit, the coolest suit. Uh, it's a cool suit for a superior Spider-Man. It is not the suit I wanted to see on Spider-Man. I'm digressing though. Like, uh, but my point is, you, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? Like X-Men, great yeah. at the time, but it didn't take many years before it suddenly became a little outdated, right? Because like, like the longer the X-Men franchise went while they're still wearing black leather, the longer we're looking at them like, what the hell, guys? There's like... There's a lot of other superhero movies coming out now, and they're more accurate than this. Well, that's now. that's why I'm excited to uh, go back to these movies because, I mean, if, if you throw in throw in Deadpool, this movies these movies have been going for two decades. Yeah, and... well, I I do include Deadpool, and I think Deadpool is peak X Men movies. Like honestly, there's like, there's definitely hits and misses in those decades, but oh, we're gonna do them all. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do them all. Um. I but there has they wouldn't have made ten movies if they weren't doing something right, you know. Yeah, and they did four things incredibly right, which was Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, and <laughs> Rebecca Romaine. Like, can we just talk about Mystique for a minute? That woman was naked all the time, like, and she was amazing. She has like, like zero dialogue in that movie, by the way. She has very few lines in that movie, and I think the movie's better for it because. Uh, I think she was she was coming off modeling, right? She was a model before, mm -hmm. like so. You needed to let her build the acting skills, and and I think if you ever watch her in like Star Trek, uh, the uh, Strange New Worlds, she's fantastic in that show. But this that show is on TV now. You know, I think we needed twenty four years of uh, Rebecca Romaine learning to to really hone her acting, because I promise you, they're gonna give her more lines in the other movies. And you're gonna cringe a little bit more each time. Like it's so be thankful for the few lines she got in this first X-Men movie. Got some because Ray Park in there. Ray Park, only time or the first time he ever wasn't dubbed, like that he got to use his own voice. Um, I can I be honest, like really, I thought Magneto had the way cooler team. Like I yeah. felt like I felt like Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Storm were very throwaway characters in this movie. They were all kind of props that just set against Wolverine, but like they didn't really have a lot to do. Rogue was Rogue was the MacGuffin of the whole movie, but like 
Toad was hilarious. Uh, Mystique is captivating all the way through. And honestly, I used to always bitch and moan about like, why don't they have Sabretooth come back in these movies? But rewatching it now, he is the most inept henchman ever. <laughs> every single That's the MO task, though, right? Like he's just kind of dumb. Every single task he was given in that movie, he failed. His first task was to acquire Rogue at the beginning of the movie. Comes back empty-handed. Later, when they turn Senator Kelly into like silly putty, and he falls out of the window, he's supposed to bring him back in. Oops, dropped him. And then like he just kept doing horrible things. Magneto's like. I'm going to need you to guard me when I use this machine because I'm going to be weak. Oh, where's Sabretooth? Oh, he got blown off into a boat. That guy sucks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of. I did. I, I did feel like they were missing one when they all they're all, all in the jet. Oh, man, there's only four of them because they sidelined Professor X. It, the team's a little small, right? Yeah. I, I felt like you needed one more. Does it help it, to know that? The original script had Beast and Nightcrawler, but the Fox made them cut them for budget. I mean, I don't think you need two blue people in the same movie, right? Is like Beast a, a, in two, or is he only in three? Beast is in three, but I think Hank McCoy is in one or two as a normal person. Because remember, Beast isn't always blue. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing he does to himself because he's an idiot. Uh, but Nightcrawler is a huge part of two, and he is, is fantastic. That's two. Kelsey Grammer's in three, but oh no, it's a different actor. Okay, it's a different actor. Say, similar, okay. Similarly, I don't. I know you caught Jubilee in this movie, and like yeah. Kitty Pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. I believe Jubilee and Kitty Pride, or Jubilee's in like every movie. There's a deleted. It's, it's Jubilee scene. From yeah, but it's a different. It's it's a different actress in every movie that Jubilee's mm -hmm. in. Um, but yeah. But fun fact before we before we wrap this up, uh, one of my favorite fun facts of this movie. Do you know who wrote this movie or who was credited for the screenplay of this movie? A lot of people touched the screenplay, but like the final name, there's one name put on it. Is it Stan Lee? No. no, no. Oh, okay. No. David Hayter. Who's that? Solid Snake. Really? It is. Wow. The voice, of, the voice of Solid Snake for all the all the Metal Gear games before they replaced him with Kiefer Sutherland mm -hmm. is the guy credited for writing the screenplay of of uh, X Men the first movie. And and props to him because, like I said before, this is actually the most original of X Men stories that the movies do. Every single movie after this is an adaptation of a very popular X Men story. But this one was, you know, meant to get the ball rolling, like you were saying earlier, right? They even tee up the second movie at the end of this one, right? By saying, oh, Wolverine, I found the base that you may have been experimented on in Alkali region and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I guess I'll go there. And that's how the movie ends, right? Like, so. There. <laughs> I totally forgot about the Wakanda forever table that they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, no, David Hayter wrote this or, or, you know, the screenplay. Lots of other people, you know, took a shot at it. Like, I, I guess Joss Whedon even had a shot. Um, lots of different people. But uh, I just think it's a really cool, weird, fun fact is that in the 2000s, I loved that guy because he did two things that were super awesome in pop culture. One was X-Men and one was Solid Snake in mm -hmm. Metal Gear. But um, yeah, I, I think... Like I'm really happy that we watched it. I'm happy you got to watch it for the first time in a, in like twenty some years. But I promise you, you're gonna love two way more. Than We're this on a, one. like I I remember going to see two in theaters. I don't remember enjoying two. Um, I think you're I think you're old enough to love two now. I think you're gonna yes, like. It. I think I am too. Um, yeah. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap this up this this uh, beginning of our X Men journey. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tee up? We have a guest next week. Next week we're gonna be doing something different. We're gonna have uh we're gonna be talking about a DC animated movie, Justice League: Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One, with uh comic, cosmic comic history uh creator Tom Torney. Look forward to that, guys. Look forward uh, with that, true believers. Nook, no, no. <laughs>